What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 21. I'm Grant, here joined by my co-hosts Ori and Austin. What's going on? What's up, guys? So we're coming off another rough week, a 31-24 to loss to the Houston Texans at home. Um, it was another bad week. I mean, back-to-back weeks, a loss to the Colts, um, and then a loss to the Texans. So the Chiefs are sitting at 4-2 and right now, and, uh, you know, we're sitting here, we're asking asking ourselves a lot of questions about the Chiefs, you know, what's going on with the offense, uh, what can be done to improve the defense, uh, so on and so forth. So, I mean, right now, let's just get really, let's get into it real quick with uh, the things that impressed us. Obviously, there wasn't as many um, as there normally is, uh, just about as many as there was last week. So, uh, as you guys know, no Austin last week, and uh, me and Ori, we just came on here and we ranted for about an hour. So, you know, hopefully we can speed that up and condense it a little bit this week because that was a little ridiculous. But uh, just to start here, um, I think Tyreek Hill's return was one of the most uh, positive things that, you know, came out of out of the loss to the Texans. I mean, he came out and he, he started really fast. He only played 50% of the snaps, um, which is kind of crazy because – I mean, you, you'd expect, you know, Tyreek Hill to come out and, you know, play a whole game. But really, he only played 50% of the offensive snaps, um, and he made a huge contribution uh, in those 50% of snaps. So um, that was something that really impressed, impressed me. I think he had 80 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, hopefully as they start to ramp up those, those snaps for him uh, in the next week or two, um, you know, we'll see him make a bigger impact on this offense because, you know, God knows we've needed Tyreek Hill pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. And he de- definitely kind of looked like we got a glimpse of our old offense back for a minute there until they kind of went back to doing what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, so nothing impressed me, so I'm not going to say anything. No, no I'm just going to – so I'm going to say Ward's interception was pretty good. Um, you know, Ward's been playing pretty well. He played pretty well last week. He's actually been one of our better corners um this year uh even though he, he got a lot of flack the first two, two weeks but he's looked pretty good his interception um was obviously nice to take, take away from the defense uh, you know which the defense has been pretty terrible this year so uh, there was a, a bright spot at least for a little bit there austin what impressed you um i just think thornhill's interception uh was pretty impressive will fuller is definitely their fastest um their fastest receiver, and he had about a 10-yard start, and Thornhill matched him stride for stride, beat him out, and uh, got that interception. Next time, you know, I'd like to see him bat that ball down, but it's more important that he was just there and able to make a play um, on a big on a big pass from Deshaun. Yeah, and, and both of those interceptions, Ward's interception and Thornhill's interception, were was two really, really nice plays. Um, you know, we haven't seen Thornhill... Uh, you know, force any turnovers this year until I don't I don't think he had a forced fumble. I know that was his first interception. Um, so it was nice to see him, you know, get get his hands on the ball and make a play. Um, and it was nice to see Ward once again have another good week. Uh, you know, that play where he intercepted the ball, he was he was matched up there on um, on DeAndre Hopkins and he had Thornhill uh, in the back, you know, helping him out a little bit there. But, um, you know, Ward one handed. He had is miraculously um you know we've had the issues with our defensive backs not turning uh to face the ball and uh you know ward was sitting there he had his eyes on the ball and he he snagged it with one hand it was a great play 
Um, and then same thing with with Thornhills, as you mentioned. You know, he, he was stride for stride with Will Fuller, who is a guy that runs a 4-3. So um, it was, those two things were really nice to see. Um, and hopefully we can keep that up and, you know, improve the improve the run defense in some way. Um, the next thing that I really, I really liked um, was kind of like you mentioned, Ori, is that the offense, you know, early on in the game, the first quarter, the offense looked like it was back to its normal self. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes, you know, he had that little jump pass type thing and he came down on his ankle awkwardly again and then tweaked it. And from there on out, um, our offense disappeared once again because, I mean, we know how important, you know, Mahomes mobility and stuff like that is uh, to to the to this offense. And um, I mean, honestly, I, I hope that from here on out, I would hope that they just spat up Mahomes ankle from the start of the game instead of waiting for him to get hurt until they spat it up. Um, at least that can, you know, present, prevent minor tweaks like that, you know, in, during the game. So what did you think? Yeah, hopefully they can get that figured out. Uh, it's, it seems like every week he's somehow re-injuring it. It's becoming a problem. He obviously isn't able to run around as much as he normally is and make those plays. I don't know if our offense, I mean, the injuries obviously hurt our offense, but I don't know if they're that much better than they usually are. I think one of the big factors is that Mahomes can't just run away like he used to when the offensive line would let him through. Um, but yeah, it was, we, it was definitely nice to see them start fast. Um, but then it, you know, went back to normal after Mahomes got a little injured there. So, uh, that's something we got to keep an eye on going forward. Hopefully he can eventually get over that and just quit, quit to re-injuring it every game. That would be, that'd be really nice. Um, kind of moving on to something else that was, was actually pretty good for, for the team in a, a game where there wasn't very many good, good things happening was Colquitt actually got some punts down the field going kind of looked like the old Cole quit um you know he's been a stud in, in the past but this year he struggled quite a bit and even you know he's, he's getting up in age but um de- definitely looked better this week and hopefully he can continue to get better each week and kind of get some consistency going yeah and that was something that you know I mean we've we've brought up here on the podcast the last few weeks was that Cole quit just doesn't really look himself and uh you know this was the first week I mean six games into the season and Colquitt finally looks like he has, you know, for the past, what, 12, 13 years that he's 14 years that he's played for the chiefs. Um, so that was really nice to see. I think he, what he had like a 67 yard punt and that thing just went, it just, he kicked it and it just kept going and going and going. And I honestly, I didn't know if it was ever going to come down and then it came down, you know, inside the 10 yard line. And, uh, that was a huge punt. Um, and, and at that point in the game, just because, you know, it, it pinned the Texans way back, there in their their own end of the field and um so hopefully Cole Quick can keep that up because you know we have been losing the field possession competition here uh you know we can't work we can't get anything going in terms of returns and up until last week Cole Quick was was struggling to uh pin him deep with his punts so you know hopefully that's something that we can fix because you know the chief strong suit one of the chief strong suits over the past six years um was Tobe's ability to fill the fantastic special teams unit um, in all, in all, on all three sides. And, um, you know, this year it's just has not been, uh, what it's, what it has been in the past, uh, you know, the first five years that he was here. So yeah, hopefully Colquitt can build some consistency there. And, and that's something that we'll definitely be looking out here, uh, for in the, in the future, um, uh, moving on to the next segment, um, of the things that disappointed us, Austin, why don't you start us off with, uh, the first thing that disappointed you? I would just say the offense consistency 
to um, you know put points up on the board and get Mahomes uh, protection, uh, make it to where he doesn't have to roll out every play, especially on a bum ankle where the ability just really isn't there like it normally would be. Um, I think I, I just think that we need to run the ball the ball more often, uh, take it out of Mahomes' hands, get him um, you know a little less pressure. Uh, maybe you know just this week especially. Let that ankle heal up since it's a shorter week. Um, get LaShawn uh, some more touches. Get Williams some more touches and see if um, his ankle can heal in time for um, our next game, which he'll have 10 more days after Thursday um, to, you know, really let that heal up and get better so that it doesn't become a problem later on in the season when we need to make a push. Yeah, and obviously the offense isn't healthy right now. Uh, we got a few, you know, Tyreek's just getting back. Mahomes is injured. We got offensive lines banged up. But they're just, this season, they're just not as fun. It used to be so much fun last year to watch watch the offense play. I actually, you know, this year it's been really hard to watch the games in general on both sides of the ball because just we can't get anything going. We give it right back to our defense and have to rely on them to make a stop, which they don't do. So it's just, it's it's rough right now. You know, kind of the, the, wait, go ahead. Last year, you could literally watch any possession, and you know there's a opportunity of scoring within four to five plays. Yeah. But this year, that's just not happening. And yeah. uh, that was definitely. I mean, I would say it was happening the first four weeks or the first three weeks at least. Um, I mean, the offense looked explosive. We came out there and we absolutely just you know bombs away on the Raiders and you know the Jaguars. We consistently beat up until when Mahomes got hurt. Uh, or Mahomes hurt his ankle and then you know the offense kind of disappeared but the offense was was rolling then and then um in week two um against Baltimore the offense was rolling and it just it just seems like you know every time that Mahomes you know tweaks his ankle the offense just disappears um and obviously I mean that's that's an obvious that's what's going to happen because you know Mahomes relies on his mobility quite a bit that's a huge part of his game and um you know but once I think with the offense was clearly better um, with Tyree Kill in the game. We all saw that. Um, so I think once Tyree Kill's out there and you know he's he's back to his normal self, playing 100% of the snaps or near 100% of the snaps, that this offense is going to be just fine. And once they get Sammy Watkins back, it's it's going to be even more lethal. Uh, whether Mahomes can get out of the pocket or not, it's it's still going to be very very good. Yeah, because now teams know they have to watch out for Sammy. Whereas last year, it, like they they knew he was on the field, but this year, like he's had a breakout game. He had a game where he completely controlled the offensive uh, side of the field. So hopefully defenses are having to watch for two guys and we can free up Kelsey or, you know, Miko has a big game, whatever it needs to be uh, just for our offense to continue to put points up on the board. Yeah, and and the next thing, you know, um, that really disappointed me was, I mean, just the same thing that the, that it's been for the past six weeks is is that the defense just cannot stop the run. And, you know, we've mentioned this. Um, I went on with Carrington Harrison um, from 610, and, and we discussed this. We've been talking about it for the past three weeks. It's that Steve Spagnolo basically, he's overcompensating to stop the pass, okay? And if our offense was was running, you know, on all cylinders like it, it normally is, that would be okay because, you know, the opposing team can't st- score fast enough um, to keep up with our offense. But the fact of the matter is, is our red zone efficiency is way down on offense and uh, we're not putting points up on the board. So the defense needs to get the ball back. And uh, given the fact, like I said, that C. Spagnuolo is overcompensating for the past and oh, 
for the pass and teams are instead just running all over us. Um, you know, teams, the opposing team just sustains, you know, five, six, seven, eight minute drives over and over again. And uh, we can't get the ball back in our offense's hands for Mahomes to go out there and put points on the board. Um, and then like, as you, as you know, like Mahomes up until the last two weeks, Mahomes has never had a game with less than 26 points. And, you know, he's been held to 13 points and 24 points. So, I mean, it's obvious that the time of possession battle, people say it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I understand that it it doesn't matter because in this aspect that, you know, teams get the same number of possessions, barring a special teams turnover or, you know, the same team that started with the ball, ending with the ball. But, um, I mean, the time of the time of possession has mattered um, because the more opportunities that Patrick Mahomes gets to score, um, whether the opposing team scores or not, the better position we are going to be in to win. Yeah, and obviously, obviously the defense. The we need to be able to stop the run, and it just it's just it's so bad right now. Like it's so hard to watch. They any team just goes and straight up runs it straight up the middle, and no, nothing happens. We don't we don't fix it. I'm not going to go on a huge tangent like we did last week, but it's pretty disgusting. Um, we sit there and want it to change every week. Um, we're Philip Lindsay's going to have a monster game against us he's gonna have i said earlier he's probably gonna have 200 yards at least he's there's no that he's so quick he's i know he's not that too too much of a power back but he's gonna be able to go he's gonna be able to do whatever he wants to us um and it's just it's probably gonna get pretty ugly if we don't if spagnola doesn't fix something this week we kind of talked about earlier you said maybe this is that he adjusts i hope it is i don't I don't count on it. I don't think he's going. I don't think he's going to adjust. I mean, I, he may he may make some adjustments, but is it going to be enough? Is it a talent issue or is it coaching? Is what you kind of have to come down to. And I don't know. I don't know if we're talented enough. We talked about multiple guys on the defensive line. We're just don't do really much when you watch them on tape. They kind of just I don't know. They look like they just run into the offensive lineman, kind of hang out for a little bit, and then they're like, oh, play's over. And just I don't know. It's it's rough. And Frank Clark hasn't been what we hoped he would be. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's rough right now. I, I should probably go, you can say something, Grant. Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of mentioned this to you guys before we started here. Um, you know, if we had, if we had a game record, you know, at defensive tackle or at, uh, you know, inside linebacker, this probably wouldn't be an issue because we had a guy that can fly from sideline to sideline and make plays in the run game. But we don't have that. So, you know, that means it's all more important to have, you know, seven or eight man boxes to stop the run. And like I said, given that Spagnolo is over here all overcompensating to stop the pass, uh, we can't put seven or eight guys in the box at all. Um, otherwise, we're just going to get burned downfield. So, I mean, hopefully um, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit deeper whenever we talk about uh, what's going on for week seven. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully Spagnuolo, like you said, can make some adjustments, you know, going forward, especially against a Broncos team that, you know, is prop has probably the worst quarterback that we've faced all year. So, uh, moving on to the next thing that disappointed, um, I'll let you take away this one since you, uh, uh, mentioned it before the podcast, but, uh, just starting it off with all the penalties, offense, defense, special teams, the penalties are just ridiculous. Yeah, I, the penalties make me want to turn the TV off. I can't stand it. It's the sloppiest thing that you can do as a team is just consistently have penalties called against you. I think, what, we had over 100 yards on penalties easily two games in a row, which is ridiculous. I don't even know how that's possible. 
I just want one game where we have penalties with yards under 50. Like, I get penalties are going to happen, but to have them happen on every single special teams play, we get a punt. It doesn't matter if it's within the 20 or not. It's getting called back because there's a holding. Every play on the defensive side, there's a very fair chance if it's a pass that we're going to get called for holding or pass interference. I I just don't understand what the problem is um, with the sloppiness. Like, it, do, it doesn't make sense to me. And I know penalties are up this year. There's an average of 14.3 penalties thrown a game or called a game uh, for any NFL game. But for the Chiefs, it's that's about how many we get, you know, just by ourselves. Per quarter. It's, yeah, per quarter yeah. practice. Yeah, if, pretty if much. If we had accepted every single penalty that was called against us, we would have been clear over, what, 140 at um, least. Yeah, easily. So, I, I don't know. What, something needs to change, and it's clear and obvious, but will it? I don't know. I don't, it just it bugs me the most out of anything that's been going on, more than the offensive line not giving Pat protection, more than the, the run defense being non-existent, it's the penalties, because that's something that can be stopped easily, doesn't need to be more talent added to the team or anything like that. Yeah, and it really just boils down to discipline. I mean, we have no discipline on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Offense has been lacking discipline this year, which was one thing that, you know, last year we had a lot of discipline because, you know, this they had this this offense down to a science. Everything they did, almost everything they did on offense last year was just perfect. Um, And so I don't know what's happened with the execution over there on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the defensive side, obviously, I know we've got a lot of, uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of, you know, backups right now out there. We have a back two backup linebackers, you know, um, we have two guys starting at corner who, who probably shouldn't be number one cornerbacks. Um, and then we have, you know, guys who are backup quality at, on, on the interior defensive line. And then, and then we have Okafer starting out there on the other side, who's, you know, a low end starter as well. And, you know, the the discipline is, is just ridiculous. And, you know, you think you would have guys out there. The hope was that a guy like Deron Lee can come out and he's in a contract year. You know, we gave up a six-round pick for him, which, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and complain about that because we've, we've probably gotten six-round pick out value out of him. Um, but I, I, w- I expected him to come out and, you know, just absolutely balls to the wall because he's in a contract year, you know, hoping to get paid. And Ogba, Ogba's kind of done that. You know, he's in a contract year. Uh, we gave up nothing for him, um, and you know he he's come out and he's he's played really really well. I don't I don't understand where the effort is from everybody else, um, and it's just it's just embarrassing. How does Darren Lee go and he went and said that he lost the passion to go out and hit? Go so lost that, the passion. that quote was taken out of context. If you watch the interview, it's slightly different, but he did say something along the lines of the defense basically you know, getting down on themselves and uh, the drive not being as strong as it was in the beginning of the game. But it was even said by the Texans that they knew that they were just beating us to shit and that we weren't going to be trying for tackles as hard. Dude, Austin. Everybody knows that. Carlos Hyde said that they they can't fucking stop us when he was, they were losing. He said that when they were losing. Bro, he knew. He knew. And that, that's what pisses me off more than anything, is just the fact that he had the balls to say that when they were losing the football game because they knew that there was nothing we could do to stop them because they had already – he saw it from the – right after 
right after Frank Clark, you know, picked off the or uh, forced that fumble and um, you know recovered it, and they they go out there and they're all you know they're going crazy. Our defenses, and then they come back right after that. It was horrible. It was right back to how it was yep. how it was before. I don't understand. It's like oh, it was oh we're we're we got the uh, we got our our turnover and uh, we're all happy and we're good. So we're just gonna take the rest of the day off. And this is all from Carlos Hyde, who didn't couldn't make our team. This is from Carlos Hyde, who didn't couldn't make the Chiefs make the Chiefs team. And he's and he he even knows he probably knows because he's played against them on in the in practice every day. No, because they don't practice the, stopping the run in in practice. They don't do that. They put pictures of the opposing defensive or offensive line on trash cans, and then they just go from there. They don't practice against the run because our offense doesn't do that. And so why would they have the second team do it? It's ridiculous. It's just, How are you going to not practice stopping the run in in practice when that's the number one problem for the defense? I don't know that they don't stop. I don't know that they don't practice stopping the run in in practice. Um, the, the first team doesn't do it, so why would the second? I mean, I, because I mean, I, I don't know. You I, I don't know. I don't. There's know the no justification, and the I first mean, team doesn't run that much, so we're not going to practice. Like like I said, I don't I don't think the the run defense problem is is the fact is reps that they're getting in practice. The problem is that Steve Spagnuolo is overcompensating and we don't have the personnel to um, put out there for five and six man boxes. We, we just don't have it. Um, the guys that we're putting out there, Ben Neiman, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that a guy like Ben Neiman is a, is a bad football player. I don't think, I don't think he is. I don't think Deron Lee uh, is a bad football uh, player, but what we're asking them to do is, is not what they can do. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they've got to go out there and make some moves. Even when we're getting – even when we're touching the ball carrier, he's breaking one and two tackles. And he's getting – you know, we're not touching the, the runner up until six yards past the line of scrimmage most of no, the time. No, he, he's running through – he's running through our defensive line completely untouched. Yeah. yeah. And and that was a thing I, I mean, we mentioned with Naughty. Like, it seemed like Naughty last year – he would always be able to disengage and at least get an arm on the running back to slow him down through the hole. These guys are running absolute full speed through the hole into our second level, and then we have Ben Neiman and Deron Lee or Damian Wilson sitting there to make a one-on-one tackle in the open field. And quite frankly, I don't blame them for not making those plays because if you were going to sit here and ask somebody to stop you know, Carlos Hyde, who's not a great running back, but... If he's sitting there running untouched through the hole and he's at what 20 miles an hour probably and he weighs, you know, 230 pounds, and you have Deron Lee or Ben Neiman sitting there flat footed in the middle of the field, do you really expect him to make that play? I mean, we have to because the defensive line isn't doing anything, but you shouldn't have to. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not saying like either whether he is doing has to do it or not. I'm saying like I don't expect him to successfully make that play because one, that those players aren't, you know, cut out to make that type of play. Though that's a play that you get from Luke Keekley, you know, one of the or Bobby Wagner, two of the best linebackers in the league. And there's not very many other people in the league that can make that type of play. Need to do. They're not good enough to be able to step up and for the linebacker. They're just not like there's not enough for them to be able to stop the run every time. They're the linemen have to. They have to do something. They can't. Can't rely on our 
our linebacking core we have known isn't great for the longest time. It's not. It's nothing new. Something else that's nothing that's not isn't new is how bad the offensive line is playing. They're playing god awful. They're literally like the offensive line. Uh, it, it all it all comes back. I mean, it all comes back to the one of the the biggest reason we're struggling right now is because the offensive line is so damn bad. They're letting Mahomes is injured. They know that, but they still cannot protect him at all. So that we know that he can't run around like he normally does. So they need to step up a little bit. But they've not stepped up. They've stepped down, and they lit. It's it's so ridiculous because you go back to obviously our defense isn't good. And Spagnuolo probably wants to play a defense where he's like, all right, just you can bend, don't break, blah, blah, blah. Just let him run and run and run. And time possession doesn't matter because we know Mahomes will score. But that doesn't work when the offensive line doesn't can't stop him and Mahomes can't do what he normally does. So it just nothing, nothing about it works. You know, it's, honestly, I think the right side of the offensive line has been okay. You know, Duvernay Tardif is not not the greatest right tackle in the league. Austin Ryder, you know, he's had his troubles as well. Um, and, you know, I think Martinez Rankin, you know, who we traded um, Carlos Hyde for, um, you know, he, I think he had a decent game. Cam Irving is the worst. Over, He was good in his first two weeks. As a, as a pass protector, he was good for his first two weeks. Uh, yeah. These last two weeks, he has gotten run over on almost every single play that Our he's first- in on pass protection. Our first five passing attempts, we had Mahomes roll to the right because I we know. just knew Cam Irving was just going to let whoever it was. It didn't matter how good the, the end was. They were walking straight up to Mahomes. No, and, and even when Mahomes was rolling out to the right, if you go back and watch it, the guy that uh, that Cam Irving was blocking was basically running untouched behind Mahomes. Yeah, every, every, single-, every single time. He was chasing Mahomes. I can't get the image out of my head of – Cameron, like one of the guys passed him and he kind of does like a little shuffle and like looks. He's like, oh, there he goes. Every single play is like, looks around like, yeah, dude, he went right past you. Like he's done the last 10 plays in a row. Like, uh. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he's had, he's allowed like 18 pressures or something like that over the last two games. Or um, I think it was 16 pressures over the last two games. And then in the, the first game that he started, he didn't allow a single pressure. Um, and then the second game he started, he allowed like one or two pressures. Um, and then the last two games, he's allowed like 18 total or something absurd. Yeah, like that. I don't remember what it was, but I mean, that's just completely unacceptable. And, you know, that, that's another thing is like, I don't understand why they, I don't understand why they don't make adjustments. Like I understand, like he tried to make an adjustment by rolling Mahomes out to the right, but you can't ro- roll Mahomes out to the right on every single play. Why not put somebody else at left, right, left tackle, you know, for the next two weeks? You know, I, I, I just don't get it because I mean, even if they put, even if they put Gregory Sanat at left tackle, and who we just signed from from the Ravens, you know, five weeks ago, um, put him at left tackle, and then slide Cam Irving into into guard, you know, until Wiz Wisniewski comes in, and I I don't I don't know, I just don't get it. It's it's just bad all around, as we said. Um, and then, you know, the last thing, really quick, uh, to talk about. The things that disappointed us, um, Ori. We we went off on a tangent last week about Andy Reid calling a run play on second and longer than ten. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like? Wasn't it like sec- second and twenty five or something? Last week it was. Yeah. Yeah, it that's was, what I'm talking about. It was like it was second and twenty five. This week he ran on second and fourteen at a critical time in the game. Nice. 
Yeah, it was a really good play. I I don't I don't get it. I don't know what Andy Reid is thinking. And know. you know, last week last week he uh, he had that big play um, to Shady McCoy that he fumbled, or I guess I should say two weeks ago. Um, Shady McCoy fumbled that ball. He never not he never got another touch after that during that game. Yeah, where's um, McCoy been? Huh? McCoy's been non-existent. Well, okay. So here, here's what I was about to say. McCoy gets a big play two weeks ago, fumbles the ball, never gets another touch. You know, Damian Williams, he came in, he ran the ball. I think he ran it like eight, nine, ten times, something like that, and, and wasn't very good. This week, we have Shady McCoy come in, and he ran the ball eight times. He had a decent game. And, you know, Damian Williams never even got the ball. He had one rush for six yards, and then he had a or and then Darrell Williams had a long catch and run, and we just completely abandoned it after that. Other than Andy Reid running it on second and fourteen, it just doesn't make any sense. If he's if he's gonna sit here and not use the run game, then don't use the run game. Don't yeah. like try to use the run game on second and fourteen. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and the and another thing is a lot of that. Yes, I agree that the play calling has been terrible and we are really confused on why they're abandoning the run but a lot of that's because we don't we we're abandoning it is because we don't even on offense for long enough to to have them try different things because we're off the field we're on the field for 17 minutes in a whole game and it's just ridiculous like we don't even have time to try new things during throughout the game or adjust because we don't have the ball long enough to adjust it's 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 yeah bad. we it's either bad. we either score on three plays it seems like or we go three and out Yep. That's what it that's what it seems like over the past three weeks. So um Austin, what do you think about the play calling? It just makes it so much easier for opposing defenses when you know that they're the that our offense is only gonna rush the ball seven times a game. Especially when Mahomes his ankle's shot. He obviously can't roll out. So you would think, you know, any any fan would think, well, they're gonna run the ball more often, try and, you know, help Mahomes out since he can't roll out, which is a like we've said, a big part of his game. But no, instead, we're going to force Mahomes to make all these plays. And then when it comes down to it, on a second and 14, we're going to run the ball for the seventh time, sixth, seventh time of the game, as if the defense is not going to have any idea how to stop it. We're not playing our defense. Most defenses know how to stop a run. And I, I don't know what what the problem is, if it's the fact that Reed just doesn't trust the ball carriers whatsoever to not fumble, which isn't that big of a problem, you know, Shady fumbled it, you know, two weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. But something obviously needs to change in the fact that either we need to run the ball, you know, maybe three to one, four to one until Mahomes is fully healthy, or we just need to not run the ball whatsoever and do more of these, like, reverse reverses or, you know, pitches right out in front like we used to last year um, to Kelsey. We haven't really done that yet. That used to work really well. Uh, but we just need to get our running backs more involved. Uh, the offense is not going to work, not running or not, yeah, not having any rush attempts while Mahomes is hobbled. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've got to build, we've got to sustain drives here, and you know, they're not doing that right now. Um, and I think you know the Chiefs go to Denver this week, um, Thursday night football, so they're running on on three days rest. Uh, which is not great, especially given all the injuries that we have. So we're going to have to, you know, either rush some guys back or or sit some guys like we've been doing. But the good thing is, is that we're going to have 10 days rest after this. Um, so Mahomes will probably be able to get his his ankle healed up pretty nicely um, over these next 10 days. 
and uh, you know Sammy Watkins if he plays or not, um, and then you know Chris Jones is obviously the big one who has a, a little bit more serious of an injury. Um, you know, you know if he can get that groin healed um, over the next you know 14 days um, until until week eight, you know that'll be definitely be nice because it'd be really nice to have him for the Green Bay Packers game. Uh, moving on to the next segment, uh, what we need to watch for or what you guys need to watch for um, in week seven, Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. Uh, so we head to mile high. And, you know, as as we've always said, it's never easy to play in mile high. I don't care how bad the Broncos are. Um, you know, it's it's never easy to play in mile high. And it's it's certainly not easy playing in mile high on three days rest. Um, so, I mean, we're hopefully going to get some guys back from injury. Uh, first off, you know, Hitchens should be back. Watkins might be back. And Dorian O'Daniel might be back. I don't know for sure if we're going to get those guys back. They've been practicing a little bit this week. Um, hopefully we'll get them back. And, you know, Hitchens and Dorian O'Daniel, those are two big ones simply because our linebackers have been so bad. Um, it'll be nice to have. Hopefully they'll give O'Daniel some reps um, simply because, you know, we haven't had a guy out there, you know, with some physicality and he also makes an impact on special teams. And then, you know, whether, whatever you think about Hitchens, he's our best linebacker and it's not really close. Um, and then obviously we know what Watkins does for the offense. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Hitchens and Dorian O'Dana come back will make a huge impact. I hope it does. Um, I hopefully Hitchens can, you know, do help stop the run a little bit if, if anything, Dorian Daniel, I don't, I don't know how much of an impact he'll have, but literally anything at this point would be better. You know, we, anything we can try, it, it'll, it's better than just sitting here and doing what we've been doing. Um, you know, whatever we can do to try to shake things up, um, we got, we got to try it at this point. And obviously, Watkins adds another uh, weapon for Mahomes. Not that it'll matter if the offensive line can't stop, can't block long enough to throw it to him, but. If they get it together, then yeah, it's obviously it's good to have Watkins back and um, uh, add another dimension to the offense. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, guys coming back from injury is going to be good. It doesn't really matter who it is because you know those are our our, our depth, and you know if we can uh, spread those snaps over you know a wider space and um, you know keep Hitchens fresh and Dorian O'Daniel fresh. Um, that allows for, you know, Deron Lee to really you be utilized in a way that he's supposed to be utilized. He's not supposed to be utilized um, the way that he's been used over the past couple weeks. Um, so hopefully those those guys coming back will make a big impact. Um, the next thing is, is can the offense be, you know, be what we've seen, you know, for a full four quarters? And that basically comes down to can Patrick Mahomes um have a good ankle for four quarters. Yep. That's how I feel. Um, I mean, even if our offensive line isn't playing great, as long as Mahomes' ankle is okay, um, you know, he's going to be making plays. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we sure. don't have to roll him out to the right every single play. Um, hopefully Cam Irving can, you know, stop playing like dog shit every single snap. Um, but I- – I don't know. I'm not as I'm not too terribly excited to watch the offense come out on a short week um, when we know Mahomes is hurt and we know how bad the offensive line is. Um, hopefully, you know Reed throws in a lot more rushing attempts for McCoy and Williams. Um, I, I don't know something. 
hopefully he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve because the the formula to stop the offense is out there and it's pretty clear. Just get to Mahomes. Hope that you know on a play his his ankle gets tweaked and uh, go from there. Because once his ankle is tweaked, it's pretty much over for the offense. Is what's been proven. So I don't know. We'll see if his ankle can hold up um, all four quarters. And like you said, from there, if it can, the offense should be fine. Yeah, and speaking of stopping offenses, we have to be able to stop theirs this week, and their offense is basically Philip Lindsay in the run game. Uh, they also have Royce Freeman, who, you know, against us will probably look like an all-star. Um, but going going into it, kind of, you know, obviously Philip Lindsay, I said earlier, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, just based on the way he performed so far, I don't understand. I don't see how they wouldn't he wouldn't have a big game. Um, you you would think that we know that our defense knows that Flacco isn't going to kill them with his arm and that we would just stack the box and make them make Flacco throw. But uh, like I said, that would make sense. So we probably won't do it. Um, we're going <laughs> to we're going we're gonna to let Lindsay go and probably just go nuts on us and hope that Mahomes can be good this week and win the game somehow. Uh, moving on after that. Um, we got to figure out if Frank Clark can apply pressure. Um, how, how do you feel about Clark so far, Grant? I mean, he hasn't been what he was supposed to be. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. He's He's been a, I would say, a good all-around player. Um, he's been a good run defender. Um, I don't know if he's been a good pass rusher, but he, he has applied, you know, he has applied pressure. Um, he's just not getting sacks. Uh, you know, last week he had his most um, uh, pressures of the season in a single game. I think he had five. Was Is that right? He had five pressures last week? That's what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, five pressures, that's not a great total. But, you know, it's better than, you know, one or two like he had in the first couple weeks. So, you know, he has improved um, on a weekly basis. He was going up against, you know, Laramie Tunzel, who some believe is the best left tackle in the game. Um, so, but I expect him, I told, as, as I said, I, I went on with Carrington Harrison, you know, talking about these things. And this was one of the things that we brought up a couple weeks ago was week eight is my benchmark for Frank Clark. If Frank Clark isn't looking like Frank Clark by week eight, you know, cause the, the Denver Broncos don't have a very good offensive line. Um, and then the Packers don't have a very good offensive line. If Frank Clark can't make an impact, um, over those two weeks, or by by then, um, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be worried, and you know I'm really gonna start to question, you know him and you know Brett Veach's decision to bring him on because, you know two or a hundred million dollars and, um, you know a first round pick and a second round pick, it's just, you know we can't we can't go forward with that, um, you know knowing that, you know Frank Clark is out here looking like an average pass rusher, so, you know hopefully he'll make an impact here. I, I believe he will. I know it's in there. I, I know it's in there for sure. Um, you know, he's just going to have to, you know, dig deep and, and find that and, you know, get back to his normal self, which I do expect him to. Um, it's just a matter of when. Yeah. And obviously it's going to be, a, we're going to really need him to, you know, I mean, obviously it's not going to matter as much this week because I don't think Flacco is going to be as big of a problem, but getting pressure on any quarterback is necessary. If we can get back there and disrupt the plays before they happen and before they happen, if Frank Clark can get back there and, you know, get to the, even just get to the running back before before Philip Lindsay gets to get to that second level where we know we're not very good at stopping him, 
uh, it's definitely beneficial. Um, and you, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see if we can do that. I'm, I'm not, I'm a little, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little worried about it right now. Um, but I was a big Frank Clark supporter. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to stick by my word with, with, uh, with supporting him. So, um, yeah, I'll give him to week eight, like you said, and, uh, we'll see, we'll see if he can get some pressure on the, the Broncos and the, and the Packers. Um, the last thing that we kind of had on our, on our agenda here is the, we already talked about about a hundred times, I feel like throughout two weeks is can the, the O-line protect Mahomes. Um, we already went over this a little bit, uh, in this podcast and, um, yeah, it's, it's going to really, that's probably going to determine if we win the game or not. I think no matter what, if Lindsay goes off or not, or not, uh, we can still win the game if Mahomes has been, been able to, you know, have a clean pocket and deliver the passes when he needs to. Uh, especially with Tyreek back, and he should be able to, uh, <laughs> he should be able to make an impact like he did last week. Um, but it's all going to depend on if the O line can protect him or not. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, once Frank Clark gets back, I mean Frank Clark. Once Eric Fisher gets back, you know that'll be that'll be huge for this offense. Um, I think he's, you know, Mitchell Schwartz is probably our best um, offensive lineman, but. You know, Eric Fisher is probably the most important offensive lineman simply because of, you know, the drop off that we see um, whenever, you know, from, you know, Eric Fisher to Cam Irving, the drop off there is huge. So um, once Eric Fisher comes back, you know, we'll be in good shape, I believe. Um, You know, so that's that's one thing that, you know, we're going to need to keep our eye on, especially against Von Miller. You know, Denver had Bradley Chubb go down. He's he's out for the year. Um, But, you know, Von Miller still an elite pass rusher. And hopefully, you know, we can, um, you know, protect Mahomes a little bit, at least long enough for us to win the game. Um, so, I mean, do you have anything else to say on that, Austin? No, not really. I'm just really hoping that Mahomes can, you know, not re-injure his ankle on Thursday. Let's hope we get a win. Yeah, and like I said, they need to bring – if they're they're going to bring Mahomes, roll Mahomes out there with, you know, Cam Irving on the left side – they just need to spat his ankle up from the beginning. They don't even need to jack with it. If it if it affects his mobility a little bit, that's fine. Stop jacking with the ankle, spat it up, and at least protect it a little bit and try to prevent, you know, him from, from re-injuring it again. Yeah, so moving on from the things to watch for, for week seven, uh, just a couple of notes. Uh, we had Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters traded today. Marcus Peters was traded for a fifth-round pick. And Kenny Young, a linebacker who is not very good from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so, you know, as you guys know, uh, we got a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick for Marcus Peters whenever we traded him to the Rams. And the return that the Rams got on Marcus Peters, um, I think that they lost quite a bit of value. Um, so, I mean, the Rams went out and they traded a second and a fourth-round pick for Peters. And then they got a fifth-round pick and Kenny Young back. And then they went out and traded two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. So the return on that is not great. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Rams lost a big part of the trade with the Chiefs um, for Peters, like you said. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much Jalen Ramsey brings spark back to that team. They definitely need to pick up two wins here before they have a bye so they can go up to 5-3. and three. Um, come back from that by, you know, re re-energized and ready uh, to to make a push late season. But um, you know, lining up and having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey against you 
Uh, it's definitely not um, not something any offense is going to look forward to uh, with the rest of their season coming up. Yeah, I think it was a lot. To, I think it was a lot for the Rams. In my opinion, I think it was a lot for the Rams to give up. Like you you said earlier, they haven't had a first round pick in what the last five years. Yeah, well, they're not. They haven't had a first round pick for the last five years, but they won't. After the Jalen Ramsey trade, they won't have a first round pick for five consecutive years. Yeah. So uh, that's always that's always tough. I know Jalen Ramsey's a good player. He's obviously really good. Everybody, most people on Chiefs Kingdom wanted him to come to play for us, but it was a lot to give up. Two firsts is, is a lot. Like it doesn't matter what what the player is. I think, in, in my opinion, I think that 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 that's too much to give up. But uh, we'll see. I think that Peters. I I could see Peters being a Raven. Uh, I I could I could see that being a thing just based on. I- I honestly think that uh, Peters in Baltimore is a much better fit than Peters was in LA. Yeah. And I think, I think he is, you know, going to get back to that player that we saw in his first couple years in Kansas city. Um, you know, I think, I think he fits that scheme much better than he, he did the Ram scheme and much better than he would have fit. You know, people are saying, Oh, I mean, we could have Marcus Peters right now. Um, you know, he wouldn't be a fit for Spagnola scheme. But I do think he's a good fit for you know Martindale's scheme there there in Baltimore. So you know hopefully I I you know I want the best for the guy. I don't want the dude to suck. But you know if he can bounce back and be a decent player in Baltimore, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. And I mean I do give the Rams credit for cutting tie or cutting their losses with Peters because he hasn't been what they expected. You know they expected him to be their Jalen Ramsey basically um, when they traded for him, and he hasn't been that at all. He hasn't been very good uh, in L.A. Um, so, you know, they, they went out and they got Jalen Ramsey and, you know, with the loss of Tlaib, I think that really triggered, um, the Rams going out and getting a player like Ramsey because, you know, with Tlaib and, you know, as we saw last year when Tlaib was out, Peters was, you know, at his absolute worst, he was giving up TDs left and right, you know, giving up huge pass plays and stuff like that. So, you know, Ramsey's going to come in, he's going to make a huge impact on that defense and he's going to immediately improve it. So, I mean, other than that, do you guys have anything else? News, notes, anything? I mean, Ramsey played it perfectly, you know. He doesn't pick up any fines. He gets all of his money um, from the Jaguars for the weeks that he should have been playing but wasn't, and he gets what he wants by getting out of there, um, goes on to a team that's clearly going to contend for, you know, playoff spots and maybe the Super Bowl, depending on how big he does swing their defense into a powerhouse or not. So I, I just think it's pretty impressive how he played the whole situation. Um, that's that should be the standard for how players, you know, if they want to get out, you know, that's that's what you got to do. That way you, you keep all your money, you continue to earn, and you you get what you want. So. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, as we said, you know, from the beginning, you know, Shad Khan, who's the the Jaguars owner, was saying, oh, he wants to keep Ramsey, and he has no problem paying him. That was never going to happen. Um, yeah. you know, the, the bridge had already been burned. And when we said that from the beginning, I said, Khan is just bluffing, honestly. And, you know, I didn't know if the chiefs would do it, but, you know, given the, the return that, that the Jaguars got, um, for Ramsey, I, I think, you know, the chiefs made the right decision and, and not, you know, offering that for him. Um, and also the next thing is, is I'm really interested to see what, what the Rams are going to do in terms of contract because they've given out, you know, several huge contracts. And I'm interested to see if, if they're going to come out and give Ramsey that $80 million, $100 million contract that he wants. So um, we'll have to see, you know, he's probably going to get somewhere close to 20 million. I would expect, you know, 18 to 20 million maybe. 
Um, and I, I honestly don't know how the Rams are going to afford that because they are absolutely flush in cap right now. They're going to have to create some room. Um, but, you know, we'll see. So uh, two big trades today. Trade deadline coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, so hopefully the Chiefs will go out there and make make a move or two. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to make a move or two. It would make it would make sense that they would, but they haven't been really doing what's made sense a lot this year. So um, they they seem to have this idea that they can make whoever we have work without doing anything. So we'll see how that how that plays out for us. Yep. So we got a couple trades, trade deadline coming up, and uh, you know that the NFL regular season is you know right right in the thick of things here, and and things are starting to heat up. So. That about wraps it up for this week, guys. Um, episode 21 of Arrowhead Live. Um, as you guys know, we have a giveaway going on that ends on Thursday, um, right before the the Denver Broncos game. So um, that is a signed Chris Jones photo. Y'all check that out. Retweet it if you haven't already and give us a follow. Um, and then as you guys know, we also started a new store. Um, it is, you know, we've got all types of stuff from sweatshirts to zip-ups to T-shirts you know, et cetera. So go check that out as well. Uh, we have a promo going on. It's AL10K. So if you add that promo, you'll get 10% off. That is it, guys. Um, if you guys have any questions, our DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot us any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Thank you for listening. Go Chiefs.